everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. We have a special treat for you uh, for this podcast. Adam King from Sports Ethos, uh, at AdamKing91 on Twitter, if you're not following him already, joined us on the Twitch live stream. So if you were not available this afternoon, um, twitch.tv slash watching the boxes, you can watch that video there, or you can just listen to this podcast since you're already doing that. So either one pretty much works, but if you want to be a little bit more interactive, Join us on the chat. Follow us on Twitch, and you can uh, ask questions. We take some live questions in the chat. It was good to talk to Adam King uh, from Sports Ethos, and we're probably going to be doing a few more of these. Uh, There's a mock redraft that Adam is going to be putting uh, mid-season mock draft together with some experts that I will be doing a live stream of on Twitch. Uh, And I think I'm going to do a little bit more of these kind of uh, question-and-answer shows with the chat, so if you like that, uh, I'm going to try to get a regular schedule. Follow me on Twitter, at WatchTheBoxes, to find out when we go live, or follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash WatchingTheBoxes. Here's Adam. All right, yeah, as I said, I'm here with Adam King, at AdamKing91, writer, editor, and host of Sports, at Sports Ethos. Am I saying that right? Sports Ethos? The, that's yeah, the I re- think so. That's the rebrand of... Um, that is the rebrand, yes. It still sounds a little odd to me, but that's that's what we are now. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I, I do respect the uh, the vision of trying to have like a more ethical sense of providing sports, like and especially fantasy um, DFS uh, analysis that, um, that the team ha- has been... I mean, doing forever, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think um, Brewski's sort of vision is that we'll obviously basketball is going to be our um, fantasy basketball is going to be our, our sort of what we fall back on. But he's looking at expanding into other sports, um, and we do quite a lot in the in the betting wagering um, area as well. So I think that I think he's just trying to capture everything we do um, under one banner. That, the betting ca- captures my attention. Uh, I've been on a cold streak. Have you been doing a lot of sports betting? Uh, no, nah, I I do zero betting. You know, it's uh, probably it's probably a positive thing. Um, I, I I was really there from the bubble for like the next season and a half. Did pretty well, mostly on the back of Jimmy Butler. But um, I don't know. Last like few months has really dried up for me. Uh, yeah, I guess it's been a weird time too with the last six weeks. COVID teams have been <laughs> had some pretty weird lineups. So knowing what's what's going to happen has been harder. I would assume. I, as I said, I don't I don't really dive into that betting stuff too much. So uh, yeah, I actually thought it would be easier because a lot of the a lot of the edge you get from my experience anyway is like the guys that people don't know about because you're playing the line, not playing the person really. So like people don't know who Chumbo Kiki is on, on average who are playing on DraftKings or whatever. Yeah, but like yeah. I do, you do. Uh, yeah. And then when Orlando is decimated and he's going to start and he's probably going to play 38 minutes, that points over looks a lot more appealing. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know what to do with that. So they're playing his points over like he's going to play 15 minutes instead of 30. And yeah, you can find an edge there. So I thought all these like unknown people would help, and it uh, really hasn't helped me. <laughs> Oh, but it's been, um, I don't know. It's been, this is the problem right now. And I don't know if you're experiencing it right now. It's really hard to talk about and understand this part of the season because of COVID, because of all the teams that are out, uh, because of all the 10 day players. Um, I think it's a good like subset of data to like look at and say like, Hey, when this guy got an opportunity, um, he played really well. So like in the past when like Anthony Simmons has played, you're like that guy's really good but he doesn't play so when dame goes out and is not gonna play anymore you see like oh yeah simmons is the guy here in portland like that's the obvious pickup here uh, so this I, I don't know if there's anybody that's like stood out to you during these uh these this weird month or so that that hopefully kind of like everybody gets through uh this month and a half uh with their health and that's kind of over with but i don't know if there's anyone that stood out or there's maybe like carved out a role for you uh, for the rest of the season uh, by their, by their play, by their opportunity, right? Like this, this opportunity for them to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Anthony Simons is the obvious one there. Um, just having a look now at sort of, I guess in terms of the, the 10 day guys, there's probably not many of those. Like you, there's, I mean, Lance Stevenson yeah. is still around, but he's not. I, I guess DeMarcus Cousins in 20 minutes is always worth like a, a yeah. start, you know? Yeah. Still. Um, the bowl bowl trade, we saw that that got uh, vetoed this morning or earlier today because he didn't pass the the fitness test. Um, he was someone that I think we were potentially looking at um, moving to Detroit. Um, Isaiah Stewart hasn't been fantastic. So there was hope that he might get, a bit of a look at, at playing time there, but obviously that's not going to happen now. No. Um, yeah, look, probably not. I guess a couple of guys that have stepped into larger roles and, and, and run with them. Malik Monk is probably one. Um, since he came back from injury and stuff, he's, he's sort of firmed himself as a starter there and, and pretty obvious from yesterday's performance that they need as much perimeter shooting as they can get. Cause Westbrook isn't hitting much at the moment. He certainly is not. Well, he's hitting the side, <laughs> side of the backboard. Uh, I don't know if he's hitting too many shots. Like, that's, no, I... I mean, that's a death meal, right? Like, that's what kept um, kind of like mid career Rondo from ever kind of like taking the next step. Like, yeah. early career Rondo, he was surrounded by all those in- incredible players. And he was also fairly incredible playing in that, in that particular system with those players. But like, mid career Rondo and late career Rondo, it's like when you get to the playoffs, if the other team can just play four on five, you will lose the game. Yeah. And if you can't shoot a three, which Rondo, and every once in a while he'll like actually make threes, and and that's yeah, yeah, really weird. But like that's that's what happened to him, and like that's what Westbrook's always been an absolutely terrible three point shooter. Yeah, and I think like he obviously earlier in his career he relied on athleticism and and speed and quickness and, and that sort of thing and. As we know with all players, that that diminishes over their career. You lose that aspect of your game. We've seen it from LeBron, but those better players are able to adapt their game. Yeah. Um, even even I mean, we were talking earlier about Chicago. Even Michael Jordan did that. 
Absolutely. Um, later in his career, it never he didn't develop a, a a super reliable three point shot, but it wasn't a big thing back then. They, I mean, the best in the league only hit two per game, two and yeah. a half per game. So he was good um, enough, right? Like he was good enough to yeah. hit. Like there were some games where he hit like five. Oh yeah, yeah, five, he, three he could, but that's just not how the game was played. No. But so now Westbrook, nobody was doing uh, advanced math back then. No, that's right. No, it wasn't a thing. Um, yeah, now Westbrook, he, I mean, he's still fast. He's still quick. He can still get to the basket, but teams know how to defend him. He's more, he's just very predictable. I mean, you watch them, they, they stand off him and just let him shoot the ball. They don't even really try to defend it. And, and I mean, he, he'll be better than he has been. I think the last three games, he's at something ridiculous, like 14 of 50 or something, but so he'll be better than that, but. He's not, uh, yeah. He's he's Oof. never been a reliable scorer from outside, really outside the key. Even even his mid range game has never been a a staple no. of productivity. So um, so Malik Monk, I, I like him. Um, Kendrick Nunn will come back and, and have an impact, but I think Monk yeah. has has done enough to um, to carve out a role for the rest of the season. Oh, certainly. Um, I, I, they have to have somebody there. I don't know. We got a lot of like, it's like trade season is about to come upon us. And you know, the Lakers are trying to do something because they are not good. Um, yeah. And they always seem to figure something out though. This year, I don't know, like what assets do you want? Like, do you like Malik Monk isn't worth it. Uh, Talon uh, isn't worth it either. Like Tucker, I, I don't I always mm. forget his name. Uh, he's, he's not really worth a lot in my opinion. Uh, and also, is a healthy Lakers team even the best team in the West? Is it the second best team in the West? Yeah, look, I you could make a case for for no because they they have they have probably two of the best players. They have LeBron who who's been incredible this year, and Anthony Davis when he's when he's going, he's right up there as one of the league's best, but. They're just they're not built particularly well. Um, and you look at teams like Phoenix, um, Utah, they, these these teams that are up the top in the West, and they they don't have that that one or two. They, I mean, they all have superstars, but they're not um, they're not to that level where LeBron is. But they're yeah. they're just built a lot better. They just have more depth. They they complement each other on the court and. I don't know. The Lakers just look. Their offense is just. It doesn't look smooth. Doesn't look like it's functioning. It's just LeBron trying to score every time and it's pass. Like if olden days Cavs offense, where it's just LeBron yeah. carrying everyone to the yeah. finish line, and he's done a lot of that in his career. Uh, you know, except for I guess the you know the Miami days where he was relying on two other All Stars, but yeah, he. I don't know. Like he's 37. Like mm-hmm. he's up there. And the fact that he's doing what he is doing um, and potentially like that to me, if you would have told me and something, this is what we're going to talk about today uh, on the show is that, you know, what are we surprised by? Like, what's some of the surprising players? What are some of the most disappointing players? What has the season been to from our perspective so far? If you would have told me LeBron was the second best player, if not like the best player in fantasy basketball, uh, I would have been shocked actually, because mm. he's yeah, not I, been I, that 
at that level in years. No, I, I think I read somewhere, saw it somewhere. He's only ever been the number one player once in his yeah. career. And it was about nine years ago or something, probably during his Miami days. Um, and He's yeah, I, like close to 60% that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, he's been very, very surprising um, this season. It hasn't helped the Lakers in terms of their record, but um it, it's sort of solidified him as arguably the best ever. I think the fact he's doing this at oh, this age, on. he's on. still, no, I know. Hold he's on. Still, hold he's on. still not there for me. He's still not there for me. I'm, I'm still an MJ. Um, I will have ever. no MJ slander on this. On no, this no, podcast. there's no slander. No, I, I have MJ as number one, but. Um, uh, did you, uh, did you see the, the John Morant block? Where I he, did. Like the two hander. Yep. So, um, there was some com- uh, some compilation on Twitter of two-handed blocks, and one of them was from Michael Jordan when he was like forty playing for the Wizards. He just yeah, right. two-hand okay. pulled it off the backboard. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit! Like forty-year-old Michael Jordan was doing what John yeah. Morant did. Maybe not to the same height, but yeah, no, no, Jordan. I, I, I don't get into that debate. Jordan's number one for me, but I mean, as we know, it is. It is impossible to compare generations Absolutely. because the game is so different now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, he's 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 up there, and and this only adds to his legacy. The the fact the numbers he's putting up this season are incredible. They're silly. They they really are um, incredibly impressive. Uh, almost thirty points a game. The steals are very. Um, mm. I, I would say the most shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that that's not that is I, I mean, steals are big, always a big variance from year to year with a, a lot of players, but um, yeah, for LeBron to um, be averaging 1.7, you know, I guess he's averaged 1.7 in the past when he was like in his prime, but to bring that back, mm. pretty yeah. impressive. Same with the yeah. full block to be a block yeah. and steal guy, LeBron, not a block and steal guy. No, that's right. No, he's um, or a threes guy, like a three threes a game. Yeah, three threes a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's sort of across the board. Is I mean, his assists are, are a little bit down, but with Westbrook there, that's to be expected. Um, but everything else is, and his free throws are. I mean, I haven't got his numbers here from from past seasons, but his free throws have improved this season. He's at seventy seven percent. I know that's been a bit of an issue for him the last few years, so. That's probably something that's bounced back. Oh yeah, he. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, he was in the sixties uh, just last. Just a few. Actually, uh, yeah, he's been in below seventy four out of the last five seasons. Mm. So yeah, definitely. It's. A, I, I wonder. I don't know what it is, but he, uh, that's. It's. It's it been incredibly impressive. Uh, we do have a, a question in the chat, so. Shout out to Ambrose for hanging out. Uh, if you do have Westbrook, what do you do? Um, oh, look, I mean, I think hopefully if you drafted him, you were prepared for this um, because you know his percentages are, are going to be an issue. So hopefully if you drafted him, you were drafting him into a build that 
where it didn't matter. His percentages didn't matter too much. Yeah. Um, you should not have gone into the season drafting West because usually Westbrook's going in those like top four rounds. Yeah. But no one in the right mind should be taking him anywhere close to the top four rounds if they care about the percentages. No, turnovers and percentages, you ha- you have to be punting pretty much with Westbrook. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, the, the numbers outside of of that so he he really only helps you in in three categories um points rebounds assists he'll get you a steal a game but a lot of players will get you a steal a game so if that's all you drafted him for points rebounds assists then he's doing that um points are down a bit but we knew that would be the case playing alongside lebron and anthony davis so yeah, I mean, I mean, if he's doing what you drafted him to do, then just hold on to him. If you want to trade him, you're not going to get much back. Yeah, I think him, that's so. the issue, right, is that you're not, you're not going to get even 70 cents on the dollar for Westbrook because you're going to have to find the team, one, that fits uh, yeah. the Westbrook build, and two, chances are they're not going to pay anything remotely close for uh, like what you consider the value of Westbrook because Westbrook you've built, if you've built around his skill set, he's much more valuable to you than anyone else. You're really actually hurting other people. If they, if they end up with Westbrook, you end up hurting their team. And, and for me, the issue, like I I haven't drafted him. I don't think I've ever drafted him. The issue for me is because I punt a lot, but generally when you're going to punt, you're going to punt either free throws or field goals. You're not going to punt both because if you're punting assists, then you're probably going to be sort of not have a lot of guards. So you're going to have a a solid field goal percentage, but maybe not worry about free throws and vice versa. If you're punting blocks or punting rebounds or something, Westbrook tanks you in both percentages. So he doesn't, he's a tough player to fit into a build. Um, at the best of times. So, yeah, I think if you drafted him, you just have to hope that he's doing what you thought he would and because trading him is going to be really hard. Yeah, I don't think anybody thought he would be the triple-double machine that he was in the past going to the Lakers, playing that second, well, third fiddle, really. Um, and, yeah, if you're not completely building around him, I don't. Uh, so, like, good luck. If you have Westbrook, I'd say <laughs> good luck. I hope I beat you in the playoffs. Um, we got another question also from Agent LOL. Shout out to you, Agent LOL. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, we talked about Anthony Simmons a little bit ago, but if uh, you're in a good position to make the playoffs, is Anthony Simmons still a hold? Uh, he's a little worried that his value will decline close to the fantasy playoffs. Um, I don't know why that's a, why you would be worried his value would go down. What What's happening that where Simmons was, uh, I guess, minutes would go down? I don't. I'm not sure they would. I would say his value would stay pretty steady or even go up as the as the end of the year approached. Yeah, I guess the the probably the concern there is if Lillard comes back, um, it, which I'm not sold that he does. I mean, they've said that he'll be reevaluated in six to eight weeks. So what's that? Mid March, early to mid March. Um, most fantasy playoffs are probably starting first week of March, maybe second week of March. So he could, Lillard could be back, best case scenario for the start of the fantasy playoffs. But uh, 
Um, I, yeah, the Blazers haven't looked good all season. Um, yeah. Do I, we really? I, do we really think Lillard comes back, even if it's a reasonable timeline, right? To come yeah. back to play to try to get into the playing game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know I have a few friends who are Blazers fans, and they certainly hope that isn't the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they don't want them to do that. Like it, it's pretty clear. I mean, everyone knows the Blazers. They've been stuck in this sort of purgatory middle ground, sort of for seemingly forever, where they're they're good but not great, um, and, and they need to rebuild, but they're not bad enough to get draft picks like they're just stuck in that middle ground this could be the season where they can finally go okay we're gonna we're gonna try and get a lottery pick here so um let's because i mean cj it sounds like he's close to coming back um just waiting for the birth of his child yeah but i mean they'll probably ease him back in a bit nurkic is often injured so who knows what if he lasts the rest of the season, we don't know. Um, so I, just, I wouldn't be too worried about about Simons. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like, I don't know, when I heard, well, first off, when Dame was kind of like speculating what to do and when the decision was to just go have surgery, immediately my brain goes, he's done for the year. Mm. Um, I just, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to see because like, I don't know, like back in uh, not that long ago when um, everybody basically crowned the Warriors um, as like a team that's going to win 20 championships, which they obviously did not. Um, But when that Steph, KD conglomeration, uh, Draymond, Clay, when they were together, people were like, what's the point of any of what's the point of trying Mm. to build a team to make the sixth seed to lose to the Warriors? um we're all gonna tank and like houston didn't and a couple other teams didn't uh but everybody else was like tanking is in vogue now like the west and the east are pretty wide open in my opinion when it comes to like the top kind of like eight uh Mm. eight teams at at, at the very least um and maybe maybe top six teams at the very least and um if you're portland and you're all the way down there at 10 right now barely making the plan potentially could end up missing the plan with about three, four teams right behind you. A quick tank puts you in a top three pick. Mm. So like you're saying, if this is the time to finally rebuild, why not? Why not to, like, why not use this kind of um, this, you know, Dame injury to, to make that decision. You could still keep Dame next year, actually get a top three player kind of rebuild around that if you wanted to, it kind of gives you more options to tank than it does to try to fight for a playoff spot and then get, you know, like the seventh best player. Yeah. Yeah. And as you alluded to there, I think the fact now that not as many teams are tanking makes it easier to tank because you, yeah, you're not going to be coming up against teams regularly that are also trying to lose. You've got more teams trying to act actively win. So, um, you can sort of tank without being as obvious about it, I suppose. Not that that seems to matter anymore. Yeah, not that that ever <laughs> ever mattered, except for that one no. time they had to replace the GM in Philly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, look, I mean, if you wanted to trade Simon's away, I'd probably, 
I mean, I don't know. What do you see him rest of the season? Top 100, probably, at least. Yeah. Um, um, you know, let me pull up his stats here. I don't know what he's been. The last 14 days. Um, he's playing very well. Um, I mean, the percentages are going to come down a bit. But, yeah, top 50. Top 50 player, because if the assists stay, CJ comes back. And he, is, and he is a facilitator like CJ, likely CJ numbers maybe a little bit higher in um, the assists. So probably like, you know, in that 40-50 range? Yeah, I, I think, yeah. So And, and I, I would say, yeah, probably top, top 100 is his floor sort of thing, just based on the minutes and his production. And yeah, top 50 upside. So if you were trading him, you'd have to be getting a top 60 player. I don't know whether anyone's going to give you a top 60 player for Anthony Simons. He's not, no, absolutely he's not, not proven. So I would just sit on him and, and wait and see what happens. Yeah, if he's going to play 37 minutes a game and he's going to be a, the, the main facilitator in Portland, he's probably hanging around that 50 spot. It's the lack yeah. of steals and blocks that's going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that that that'll be a bit of an issue, but um, yeah, I mean, you take as we said, if Lillard comes back, best case, beginning of the fantasy playoffs, he's not going to be playing thirty-five minutes. Like Simons is still going to have a pretty big role, yeah. um, and I'd rather have six, seven weeks solid production of a top, whatever, top fifty, top seventy player. Um, than risk not getting into the playoffs by trading him for someone who, whose role could change or you, you just don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not taking – I mean, it would, it would really have to be a no-brainer for me to move Simmons. I don't think I would like – I don't know, like – would you go with someone who's like like a Terrence Ross? No. Like, I don't yeah, think so. that doesn't seem worth it to me. No, I'd probably uh, – I don't know. I'm just having a look at sort of that around that. That, yeah, that rank there. Mikel um, Bridges for Anthony Simmons. I don't know. I'd probably consider that. No, yeah. I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the season. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, it would come down a little bit with those two. To do you want do you want defense or do you want offense? Because yeah, what's your they, team look they, like? Yeah, yeah. What do they look like? So, um, I don't know. D'Angelo Russell or, or Anthony Simmons. I'd probably still lean Russell slightly, but it's pretty close. I have a I have a bit of a vendetta against uh, D'Angelo Russell for ruining a lot of my uh, oh, right. seasons okay. in, in my so life. You might... But I'd still say it's close. I probably would go with Simmons actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's that's a close one. So yeah, look, I, it's um, yeah, I'd probably just sit on him and and enjoy it. Short answer. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, uh, thanks. Hey, what's up, NBA Rig? Thanks for joining us. Um, I think we got – let's see. Make sure I'm getting all the questions in here. Uh, we have some questions about some guys the rest of the season. I, I definitely want to get to that. Uh, but I wanted, to, I wanted to go back to the uh, – I guess the original question, uh, or at least the original topic. You know, the players this season that have been, I guess, either biggest surprises, biggest disappointments, uh, just any anyone that kind of stands out for for you just i'm sure you play in a ton of leagues anyone who's kind of like really caught your eye and just been like oh 
not only did I not see this guy coming, but like this guy this year, the rest of the year, next year, uh, that guy's going to be very, very good. I, I, and I have a, actually have a few of those. I think I feel like this year and last year have been transition years when it comes to like the league. A lot of the um, superstars getting older, uh, an influx of an insane amount of young talent. That original influx of young talent, like the, the guys like John Morant, Trey Young, finally be like coming into their own uh, to be talked about in the the same breath as your James Harden's, as your uh, Paul George's. Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's actually quite a few, um, and you've got some more obvious ones. Um, I mean, I won't go into heat, there's there's too many to break down completely because it would take forever. But um, and and some of these guys I was high on, but probably not as high as as where they are. So Fred Van Fleet has been one. I was pretty high on him. Uh, I had him as a second round player. He's currently the number six ranked player. So. He has exceeded my expectations. Um, DeJounte Murray is another one. I, I had him as having a really solid season, but he's also a first-round a first round player. Um, Jared Allen has been another one. Uh, yeah. I, I, he's, his progression over the last two years has been insane. I remember watching him in Summer League in 2008 whenever I was in summer league, when was I at summer league 2019, I think. Um, and he was, he was a standout at summer league, but you're I'm against... get my, I got to get myself to summer league one of these years. Yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Um, and he was good, but I, I thought, Oh yeah, he, he's going to be a solid player, but I didn't think he'd be anywhere near as good as he has been. Um, one that, that's been interesting. And this is something that I, I think I put something on Twitter earlier in the year um, and talked about it on on podcasts and stuff like that. Was Lamelo Ball was obviously getting a lot of hype, yeah, coming into the season and too much going, hype, in my opinion as well. Yeah, I mean he he's been good. He he is he's the twelfth really ranked good. player, but it's been very trending good. down slightly over the last month. Better than I thought uh, it would be. Yeah, no, he he's been good, and um, but I posed a question and, and I sort of said. I wouldn't be shocked if Lonzo finishes above Lamelo this season, and I thought I was, I thought I was sort of done um, a month ago. They're now pretty close. Lonzo is at seventeen, Lamelo is at twelve, sneaking up there. I think I, one of our uh, best, uh, our bold predictions. I think uh, I think I did have Lonzo finishing over Lamelo, yeah, uh, as one of my yeah. bold predictions. And I mean, I think that's a, just a testament to both like. First off, Charlotte is much better than I think a lot of people thought they were they were going to be. Obviously, Chicago is, is much better than I thought they were going to be, and I'm a Chicago homer. So, um, like, th- those guys are directly responsible for a yeah. lot of that. Yeah, yeah, they are. And and I, um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought uh, Charlotte were actually my sort of my dark horse team this season, and and they've they've sort of proved me right to some degree, which yeah. has been been good. Um, so, I mean, just scrolling through miles bridges was another guy that I was really high on another Charlotte oh, yeah. guy. Um, I, I think I, I, I built an entire mansion on miles bridges Island. Uh, <laughs> I've been talking about him since like mid last season where I go, yeah. I kept watching these Charlotte games. I kept going, why is miles bridges always in the right place? Like every time I watched the game, I would notice 
Miles Bridges. Like there's some yeah. guys who like score 18. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that guy was on the court half the game. Like I didn't see him. How do you get 18? But yeah. like Miles Bridges is kind of like always in the doing like exactly the the best thing he could possibly be doing. And I'm like, this yeah. guy's going to be really, really good. Why isn't his box score reflecting how good he looks on the floor this year? Not only, I think he's exceeded what I thought he was going to be, but he's also like, I would say he's like taking a little bit of a, a, a mid season uh, dip from his high, high, but his yeah. like average is an incredible player. Yeah, no, I, 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 t- I got him in, a majority of my leagues because I was able to get him at pick 80 oh, yeah. or something like that. And I thought he'd be probably top 50. Yeah. Hopefully pretty comfortably. Hanging top 50 out and he's in that 50, he's 60 range. Yeah. He's top 30. And as you said, he did, he started on fire. He was like a first round player for the first month. And then he, then he cooled off, which was always coming, but he has slowly started to pick it up again over the last few games. So um he's yeah, been i mean i think he just had a bit of an injury there for a little bit i know he had covid everybody had covid at some point yeah um yeah. but yeah like he's i'm not worried about him rest of the year at all we got a few no. questions from the uh from the chat yep um can i get rid of jeremy grant <laughs> what kind of player can i get get back for jeremy grant um i certainly wouldn't drop, drop jeremy grant of course but I don't know. Do you get rid of him or do you wait till the trade deadline? NBA trade de- deadline. I guess depends on when your trade deadline is in your league. Yeah. He, he'd be pretty hard to move at the moment, given he hasn't played for whatever it's been a month or, or something. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I'd probably wouldn't get rid of him for anything less than a top 70 player, top 60 player, but I don't know if anyone's going to give you that given the injury, um, Kelly Olynyk is due back around this sort of similar time. Um, who knows if he's going to get traded? There's a lot of a lot of moving pieces in terms of his rest of season value. So I'm not sure you're going to get um, sort of a, a a comparable player back in a trade at the moment. Um, I'm not sure. What do you think? I Man, Detroit sucks. Uh, they just got smoked by the Bulls. Uh, a Bulls franchise record for uh, largest win uh, just the other night against Detroit. And I, I saw like forty six. And in that game, it was if I, I think I saw a, a snapshot on Twitter or something. It was seventy one all, and then it was one hundred and forty to seventy nine or something. Yeah, they the just Bulls outscored them like fifty to eight. It was. It just got real disgusting. It was, yeah. None of the Bulls were missing, and they wasted a lot of their shots because basically this, the reverse thing happened against the Nets uh, last night. Yeah, it did. Yeah, where it was about seventy seventy, and then the Bulls just lost. I mean, it's back to back. They lost all momentum, uh, and yep. the Nets just uh, put it on them. Nets acting a little too excited uh, during that game, in my opinion, to be to be winning. Uh, they a little got a little too frisky with the chest bumps and the and the, and the <laughs> celebration for beating the uh, incredibly hurt Chicago Bulls. Uh, we lost uh, our starting power forward who was replacing our other starting power forward who was replacing our original starting power forward like 30 seconds into the game. So mm. getting a little too hyped for yep. uh, for that win, yep. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, like- and Car- Caruso is a, a sneaky missing player for them. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm I once when Chris went out, I was like, I don't think we're gonna win any more games. Mm. Yeah, he's really uh, important. And um I don't know the amount of the amount of bad shots and turnovers he creates is worth probably 15 points yeah on, on the other end they're just not attributed to him no no he's one of those guys whose real life value is way way higher than his fantasy value i mean he's a, he's a decent fantasy player yeah but his real life value and uh, the lakers man i don't know why they got rid of him but Imagine how important he would be to the Lakers this, this year. Um, yeah, so no, look, the Bulls, the Bulls cashed in there, and and he'll be back. I mean, I think he's back soon. I don't think he's too far away. No, he should be back. Um, I don't know. Here in a couple of weeks, I'm not worried about the Bulls. Finally, looking towards the playoffs and not towards when they can fire their coach. So it's been a it's been a very nice uh, it's been a very nice switch as a lifelong Bulls fan. To yep. not, uh, I've forgotten what it's like to not like despise watching the Bulls or hate mm. most like legitimately like liking every player on the Bulls is a very strange thing for me right now. Like I'm like I like everybody on this team. Yep. Even even the bench players are kind of fun. Like that. It's been it's been a very strange experience. Mm. Um. Yeah. Like, Jeremy Grant. Like I don't know, man. Like. First off, Jeremy Grant is not having himself the greatest season of all time. Um, you really can't care about field goal percentage if you want to move him. So that's I think that's the move if you want to. I would move him because, to me, he's not a consequential player. Um, is uh, a steal and a block and two threes a game great? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you do need something good for him. I just don't know if you're going – I just don't know if you're going to get that back. I think I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I don't know if you're going to get the value there. Um, I, I don't know if you want, you, you'd likely have to package. So Robster here is saying, you know, maybe I can package him with uh, Bobby Portis or Bain. Uh, if I'm packaging with, with Bain, I want something really nice back. Yeah. Bain was another guy on my list there of, of players that have um been really nice surprises and he's another one like bridges who i managed to draft in the second last round of most of my leagues oh, yeah. um it was undrafted in a lot of a lot of leagues yeah and he's um he's obviously been a bit lucky in terms of other players getting injured so he his role he he hasn't had to play with their full healthy lineup a lot uh, and now dylan brooks is out for a month so he's going to have another month of um, being sort of, I mean, Morant is is obviously the the main option um, on offense, but I think it's pretty fair to say that Bain is probably the number two option at the moment. Jared Jackson, maybe different offensive games. Not yeah, that's definitely not what I expected to um, to happen this season mm. with the Grizzlies, and it's working right. So like Bain playing more minutes, like I thought there would be a timeshare there. I think a lot of people did. Um, being proving himself that he deserves the time, um, taking that role when the opportunity arose with all the injuries and uh, COVID, and they're winning games. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, it's as simple as that. When he plays and he plays well and he plays him, you know, he starts and he plays the majority of minutes in that role, they win, and that's going to keep a, a dude on the court more than anything else. Yeah, 
yeah, no, the Grizzlies have been uh, a lot of fun to watch this year, which is which has been nice because I I do like the Grizzlies, so it's nice to see them winning and um and good to see that. I mean, I don't think it's going to stick, but I love watching Brandon Clark and, and Jaron Jackson on the court together. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing in terms of this Ooh. season because Adams, I think Adams comes back in and, and starts, but I, I really like Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson together. I'd like to see Brandon Clark, but on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah. That would fit a nice role that we absolutely need at, at this point. Yeah, uh, I there's I I love the fact, and this just goes back to the like legitimately the way Detroit looked against us remind started to remind me of the boiling bulls from like literally just a year or two ago, and how bad we were. And I'm like the fact that I used to watch that as a product, and now I go online and people are like, the bulls don't have anybody to guard Kevin Durant. It's like nobody has anyone who can no. Kevin Durant. No. No. Not even Giannis. No. Yeah. Those All guys can, can guard is... each other, and it's still really hard for them to guard each other. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't guard them. You can contain them. That's yeah. about it. You just you get a hand up, get a body in front of them. That's it. You just you let them, you let them they're going to get their shots. Good game instead of a great game. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's your that's best case scenario. Hope. Yeah. That's all you can hope for. Yeah. Uh, we got a few more questions here. Thanks for the questions, everybody. Keep them coming. Uh, we really appreciate that. Agent LOL, uh, how do you feel about Halliburton this year? He's been uh, he's been very hot. He's been he's been good. And I I also thought that was kind of a bad situation uh, going into the season. I just I didn't want to hang out with any of the Sacramento King uh, guards because I I just thought it mm-hmm. once again would be a timeshare. And for a guy who only uh, averages 14 points a game he's incredibly valuable um fancy wise yeah he's yeah, he's been really good I, I had him last year in a few leagues and i didn't get him this year um look he, uh, we're paying for him this year yeah uh he's he's cooled down a little bit since fox came back um which we sort of knew was going to happen i think he's I think just based, I mean, as you said, he he doesn't need to score a lot of points to have value because um, he he gets defensive stats, he gets assists, he's generally reasonably efficient for a guard. Um, he's he reminds me a little bit of uh, sort of a guard version of what Otto Porter was four years ago, five years ago, when he was a top forty player, thanks to his efficiency, low turnovers good defensive numbers sort of across the board production. So a little bit like that. Um, I think he's probably a third rounder this, the rest of the way. Yeah. I think he could, if, well, it's just like the Kings aren't going, well, they might make the play in at this point. <laughs> they might. Um, I actually, I should go see if I can put money on them making the plan. Uh, I got two nice bets. I got Clippers to make the plan and the Lakers to make the play in. And I feel like the Lakers might not, that one might not hit maybe, but the Clippers one, I'm like, actually the Clippers might miss the play and they might drop out of the play. Yeah. The Lakers might play play their way out into the playoffs. Yeah. might play their way out of the play. And I will lose, I will probably lose both of those. Yeah, no. And as you said, the West is, is really competitive this year. There's a number of teams trying to get into those, those spots. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of questions that I've seen and I've had about Paul George and 
whether he's coming back, if he's coming back, when he's coming back. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to answer because I'm not, I don't know. The Clippers, I guess, are in the spot similar to Portland um, a little bit where they can, and a little bit sort of like the Warriors were. Um, they sort of uh, have an opportunity here to to land a really nice draft pick um, and then come back next year and be really good because Kawhi will be back. Paul George will be healthy, hopefully. Yeah. Um, like the Warriors did when they got Wiseman. Um, not that he's really turned into much yeah. so far. But, um, yeah, they do have an opportunity. So perhaps they just go, look, Paul George, just take the rest of the season off. I don't know if that's going to happen. But Yeah, well, that, yeah that was the, the other big thing when Paul George got injured. That, to me, once again said, all right, the West is um, strong. So without a healthy Paul George or, and Kawhi, you ain't going nowhere. Kawhi might be healthy for the playoffs. Paul George might be healthy for the playoffs. And do you want to try to, through the play-in, work both of your recently injured superstars into the playoffs for a giant playoff fight with these, you know, these teams that are like the Warriors, the Jazz, even the Grizzlies, um, not to mention if the Lakers ever get healthy, because I'll I won't even though I'm a LeBron hater, I won't count LeBron out because I know how I, I understand how good he is. I just don't like him. Um, <laughs> the do you really want to have them up against that murderer's row directly after injury? Is that really is that really worth it, or is is it just better to look at next year? So when I heard Paul George went out, I was like, sell your Kawhi stock. Mm. Yep. He's done. Yeah, no, he's not coming back this year. Yeah, no, that's that's all all pretty valid and and yeah, I mean that then as you said that sort of ties back into that original question of Halliburton. They're going to keep running him out there, especially if they are pushing to get into the. I mean, I think they're fans. I think they're pushing to point. make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so yeah, look, I, I think Halliburton rest of the season is is probably yeah top. What third round I said, so top 40-ish sort of player. Yeah, I think the the, the reason I like Halliburton a little bit better than those kind of like old school auto porter types like you were talking about, uh and what we saw with Mikel Bridges, right? Mikel Bridges was very auto porter type. He didn't mm. score a lot, he did everything very good, nothing great. Yeah. And we saw once he started doing some things very good, but not all things very good. It's true value. It's it's really just like it's little slight drops, uh, specifically in um, you know your steals or your rebounds or like even or your assists. Little slips in those kind of like rare numbers. They drop your rank, and they also drop your effectiveness. Like they drop your mm-hmm. your actual value from week to week. I like yeah. Halliburton a little bit more as a non like non true scorer because the things he is good in, and I don't th- he's actually fairly like top tier in is that he's mm. top tier in steals. He's top, he's very good if not uh, above uh, close to top tier in assists because no one's getting double digit assists hardly anymore. Mm. Um, so he he's not good. the percentages are going to stay far, probably pretty well even if they dropped a little bit. You still have the that's not dependent on assists 
and steals, which are rare stats, getting rarer, especially the assists. Uh, and if he continues to keep that level in those two um, categories, he doesn't drop in value like those auto porters, like those McKenna yeah. Bridges do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think as we saw when when Fox was out there for a while, um, Halliburton can clearly run a team. Um, he played, he had some crazy stat lines. Um, as I say, I don't have him, so I don't pay as close attention to him as I do um, to, yeah. to players that are on my rosters. But I do remember just having a look at his game log uh, here from, from back. I mean, yeah, he had would one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight games out of nine, a stretch there where he had double-digit assists. Uh, and oh, I'm not adding him up, but he had a ton of steals. Um, enough three-pointers. Like, he's not a... He's also not a guy that. that's gonna gonna get you five three pointers most nights, but he he'll get you two or three, and and that's valuable. Yeah, um, like a, two is kind of like almost now in today's uh, NBA, like two is good. Where back yeah. in the day, two was really good, and yeah. three was elite. It's like yeah. two is now average to good, and then three is like nice. I wish you. There's a lot of people who are scoring way more than three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, look, as you said there, I, I'm I'm fairly comfortable with him maintaining the range that he's in at the moment. Oh, 100 um, percent. I guess a couple guys that I uh, and I want to get some of the chat questions too, but a couple of other guys that I was super surprised by, um, though I do have a bit of a, a stock in this in this guy particularly, uh, Dejounte Murray. And um, the Jonathan Murray, uh, at least on the uh, ACAT rankings here um, on hashtag, is, is currently at 17th. He just had a nice triple-double the other night. His steal, I think he's leading the league in steals. Um, he yeah. is outperforming Shea Gildress-Alexander, who uh, is, is a, a darling of the fantasy basketball world. Uh, he's basically doing what we thought Shea Gildress Mm. Uh, could be capable of, but he's doing it while leading the league in fucking steals, which is, yeah. I think, pretty crazy. Even though, and his, his percentages aren't great, they do hurt you a bit, but they aren't like incredibly detrimental. I have him in a, like a couple roto leagues, and I'm not trying to get rid of him. I actually was offered a Dame, and this is a keeper league, so Dame for DeJounte. And then I think, uh, and DeJounte is a keeper. And then yeah. one of this guy's keepers. And I sat there for a while going, I don't know if I'm making this trade because mm. I, while it's a no-brainer to take the Dame upgrade from DeJounte Murray, the, the extra bit of keeper value that I get from DeJounte Murray, even though he's not a Dame-level player, he's starting to rise to a player where he's a tier under Dame, but now a keeper in, in this particular league. So I don't mm. know. I, I, I turned down that trade, which turned out to be good because Dame ain't playing no more. Mm. But um, that's like DeJounte Murray is up there in the same rankings right now as Jason Tatum, uh, LaMelo Ball, and Zach Levine. Yep. Yeah, no, he's been um, 
he's been incredible. I don't have him, unfortunately, um, in any of my teams. Uh, I've got Derek White in a lot of my teams, but didn't get DeJounte Murray. Uh, but he's been, um, yeah, he's been, I don't know how old he is. He'd probably be 20, 25, 24, 25. almost 25. Yep. Um, so straight away, he's got that dot, that, sort of keeper value over someone like Dame um, because theoretically Murray has not even reached his peak yet. He's still got another two, three years until he sort of hits his prime. So that's pretty scary given the numbers yeah. that he's putting up now. Um, and as you said, that the fact that he's had to take a much larger role on the offensive end in, in terms of both scoring and facilitating, and yet he's still leading the league in steals. I think that's, the most impressive part of what he's done this season. he Because often you'll see these players take a step up in scoring or assists mm-hmm. and it's at, at the detriment of their defensive numbers, whereas he's have maintained, if not increased. And there's really like one guy who's ever done the, I'm still going to be a defensive hound uh, and take on the full load of the offense. And that's Jimmy Butler, who's been uh, a top 10 player every single year <laughs> for yep. a very long time. Yep. Or Michael Jordan. I'll just throw him in. (laughs) Just so we can mention his name again. But that's, that's, I mean, it's nothing to do with this, obviously, but probably the most overlooked part of his game were were his defensive numbers. He was Defensive Player of the Year Mm -hmm. twice. Yeah. Maybe something something like that. Maybe more than that. Maybe three times. I I don't know. But yeah, I'm sure he almost led the league in steals a few times. So um, yeah, it doesn't happen often where a player can can take that step up uh, on the offensive end and yet still be the defensive leader as well. There's, there's well, not, not many. Let's even throw this out there because this is a, it's, it's, it's a huge leap. Um, going from a, like 25 minutes, 11 points a game two seasons ago, and right now averaging 19, but like lately averaging over, like in the last like two, three weeks, averaging over 20 points a game taking like almost 20 shots a game when he was taking under 10 just two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the last couple of weeks, I know Derek White's been out. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's, that's, that's helped him. Um, but I mean, you look at some of the, the, I mean, he's in a really good situation because you look at some of the, the guys around him for the Spurs, like Lonnie Walker, those guys, they're not, they're not solid. Players. Yeah. They're, he's in a very Shea Gildress situation where yeah. he is the guy. He is, but I don't think like with Shea, obviously the the issue is his percentages are a big concern, but also just the missed games, that sort of thing. Whereas that doesn't happen with the Spurs. Like they're not gonna say DeJounte has a minor injury, we're gonna pull him out for two weeks. Um, that's always a fear with the Thunder and with Shea. So I think if you have DeJounte, even if the Spurs aren't gonna make the playoffs, they'll try because I don't think it's in Popovich's nature to to yeah. not try. Um, I, I'd be I'm, I'd be pretty confident he plays it <clears throat> plays out the season no matter where they are in the standings. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like maybe like first off, if your league doesn't end unless you're in a roto league, if your league doesn't end a couple of weeks before the end of the season, stop doing that. So like maybe yeah. he's in the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, he takes a yeah. game off here and there, maybe a couple extra games off or whatever. But like, yeah, he's I, I don't see a pop team or DeJounte Murray, that, that type of player, sitting out playoff time at all. No, 
and I think they want to um, they really want to develop the chemistry with um, Murray and White on the court because they're clearly yeah. their, their backcourt of the future um, and they've got some nice pieces there so yeah no I'd I'd be more than happy if I did have him as I said I don't which is a shame but we got a couple of questions here in the chat and I want to talk about one more player um, I don't want to go too long uh, but rank these teams in the west um, Denver with Jamal Murray Minnesota Memphis Dallas Denver with Jamal Murray Memphis Minnesota Dallas yeah Ooh. Actually, they're, I would say they're pretty close except for I'd put Minnesota last. I'd have Minnesota last. I I, I like the Wolves and, and I have liked them for a long time. Yeah. I'm really glad that they're actually playing well and they seem happy and, and that sort of thing. But I still would have them as the fourth team in that bunch. Um, I'd probably have, with, with a healthy Murray, I'd probably have Denver first, but I don't think we get a healthy Murray this year. Not a yeah. not a fully 100% healthy Murray. Um, so I'd probably, I'd like to have Memphis first, just because I love the way they're playing, what they're doing. Dallas have been pretty disappointing, I think you could say. Yeah, um, that... You just can't, it turns out you just can't fully rely on Luca to carry a team, mm. even though he is, he's carrying this team already into mm. the playoffs. If you want to be better than Memphis is right now, or a Jokic uh, Murray team, you got to have more than Luca and nobody else. And yeah, it, I understand Chris Epps is there. Chris Epps has been on and off. Like, Healthy, yeah. and not healthy, and he's that's how he's going to be the rest of his career, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think right now where we are, I'd have Memphis just because of the team factor. They're playing really well as a unit. They're pretty healthy. Um, they've got a lot of momentum. Uh, then I'd probably have oh, D- Denver or Dallas. Uh, I don't know. It's a give tough me one. Denver. Probably with, Denver. With Murray for sure. Without Murray. I think still give me Denver. Yeah, possibly. Um, Porzingis is, I mean, Porzingis has been really good this year on a per game basis, but he's still missed time and he's been out for quite a while now in the yeah. protocols. Um, so I don't know whether he, he actually got COVID and, and was symptomatic. So whether that's why he's been out. Um, yeah. I know Those... most players have, have been okay to come back, but he's been out for, it seems like the bigger time. guys, like the bigger guys stay out a little bit longer. Mm. And I just, I don't know what that is. If it's just, they got big old lungs. That means they got a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, replication going on. I mean, Embiid yep. was out for quite a while. It is good to see that Embiid is back and playing very well. So like that's yep. positive and also positive for Porzingis. But then like Porzingis also has just run in the mill injuries all the time. Yeah, he does. And Luca's been in and out this season as well. Yeah. Um, he hasn't he hasn't looked healthy all year, to be honest. Even when he's played a few games in a row, he just looks a little bit out of shape. His knees, his ankles, like he doesn't look comfortable out there. Um, and I know he invested like having I don't know how much of the Olympics you watched. Um, we watched a lot over here because Australia won a medal. It was our first yeah. medal ever. So it was shout it out was Australia. Sort of, it was 
we watched quite a lot of the Olympics and and Doncic was incredible yeah. during the Olympics and and put a lot into it and and basically played every minute of every game. So he came into the season just wiped, I think, emotionally, physically, um, and then launched straight into a season where he's expected to be that guy. To do the same thing. To do exactly the same thing. And and he's never yeah, he's just never looked a hundred percent and and I don't know if that's going to happen this year at all if i was a mavs fan i actually wouldn't mind if they didn't make the playoffs and and luca got oh what is it four five months to just rest yeah and also Um, take like a nice hard look at like hey how are we planning to build this damn team around luca yeah yeah because he's still incredibly young he uh, likely will win an MVP at some point in his career because mm. he is that good. Yeah. Um, how do we? How do we? How do we make him the best possible player? How do you get him an MVP so we can win a championship? That's yeah. You need to sit down and look at that because it feels yeah. like they like. Wow, they're like wow, we got Luca and he's ready right now. The salary, the salary system. We're not. We're not ready right now. Like our salaries aren't ready right now. Our team isn't ready right now. Luca's ready right now. Shit. Yeah. And I don't think they've yeah. figured out how to get out of that. No, no. They've got they've got Luca. And as you said, Porzingis um is, they they have actually looked pretty good on the court together when they've yeah. when they've been there. That's um, an un, almost I would say completely unstoppable pick and roll. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. if ran correctly, they have to have someone sitting in the corner to make that 100% effective. Yeah, yeah. That they, they can just, rely they, on. They haven't got, beyond those two, they don't have that third piece yet. No. Um, they've, got, they've got some fine players, like they're okay, but sure. Tim Hardaway Jr., he's not reliable enough. Finney Smith is a good role player, but the fact he's having to play 38 minutes, 36 Me, minutes a night, is shows you where their roster PJ is. PJ Washington. Put PJ Washington on that team. It's an incredibly better, incredibly better team. Yeah, PJ Washington's all right. Like he's not like the greatest player in the world, but he's very good. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it takes much. Like they're they're close. They're just not not quite there. Um, So yeah, back to that original question. Probably still Denver, slightly over Dallas. Yeah, even without Jamal Murray. Um, The last guy I want to talk about who. To me, is a is certainly a surprise because I think every year I kind of have been like, "Hey, everybody, relax!" Uh, for, all the way from his rookie year when um, Donovan Mitchell broke out his rookie year, everyone's like, "This he's a rookie." Imagine when he starts playing full minutes next season, and it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" He's been playing full minutes since like game three of his rookie season where can he go like when we said this all the time on the podcast what can he if you're going to get better we we always you know talk about it tiers and plateaus it's really hard to get out of the plateau area like the the 50 and under the plateau people that first tier you got to be pretty good but to get into that next tier like a third rounder you got to be great and then to get to the second round you have to be like you have to do so much to go from third to second that that it's basically from like going from 110 to 40 is the equivalent of going from like 44 to 
32. Like yeah. you just have to improve that much to be an elite fantasy basketball player. So we kept saying like, where can he improve from? And year after year, he's kind of around the mid forties. He, um, you know, he's a scorer. He gets you, he's like very like early Bradley Beal kind of numbers where he's like, you know, good rebounds, good assists, good threes. Okay. Steals. He's scoring a lot. He has to be better somewhere this season. His assists are up. His scoring is up. His three-pointers are up. And his steals are up, which has vaulted him into like 13th overall. Yeah, no, he's been, as you said, he's just been stuck in that sort of, he's someone who's often drafted around 20, 24, but finishes around 35. We always say, don't reach for Donovan Mitchell. He's going to finish in the 40s, and you're going to have to take him at 28. Mm, A little bit like... um, Often we we were saying that not not so much this year but previous years with um, uh, Demar Derozan was another yeah. guy. Take him at thirty. He's not going to finish at thirty. He's going to finish sixty this year. Yeah. Obviously, this year for some reason people were <laughs> drafting him at seventy. We were like, yep. no, this guy's still a top fifty player even if he takes a step back. And he did the opposite. Where is he actually? He's thirty six this year. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. No, look, look, Donovan Mitchell's sort of. I mean, if you look back through his career numbers, he's had it like he'll have a season where his steals are up, but then his percentages are down, his assists are down. He's just never been able to put it together across the board, and he's doing that this year. Um, and it, it's pretty under the radar as well. He's not a guy that people talk about in fantasy um, as a as a breakout player or anything like that. But as you said, he's in nine cat nine category leagues. He's the thirteenth ranked player. The highest he's ever been is is sort of in the mid forties, and to take that jump from mid forties up to thirteen is that's huge. It's it's incredible, and I, it's something I actually didn't think I didn't think he had in him actually. Mm. Um, and you know the the steel variance does certainly help, but he's he is playing at another level this season. You can see it on the court as well as seeing it in the in the numbers. And obviously Utah is trying to be a championship team uh, as they were trying to be last year. And he's taken that extra step, which will help them um, try to achieve that. But to me, like this is the Donovan Mitchell everybody thought they were going to get. Is this a Don and he's young enough to keep this up. Is this a Donovan Mitchell? Is this like the new Donovan Mitchell that we should now we should, we should be taking him at 28 for sure in the future. Or do we, do we need more of a sample size? Uh, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, if the season ended now um, and he's, what, 13th ranked player, I don't, I still don't think he'd be drafted near this. I think he'd go closer to 20, maybe sort of back into the second round. Um, but I think if, if he holds this for the full season, he keeps his steals at around 1.6, which is what he's at now. Um, then he probably goes top 15 next season. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems fair. We have, I mean, we do have like this wide open um, kind of like we used to have a, and this season was a little bit weird with the first round. We we're like, usually first round is pretty set, but I don't, I don't really know mm-hmm. who, who to take from that two to, for me, it was like two to six, two to seven. I was like, all these guys are kind of in the, in the mix. Uh, LeBron was not one of those guys either. No. <laughs> 
So it's impressive that he he is up there. Now, granted, there's no true surprises other than LeBron up here in our like top, I guess maybe top 15 except for maybe Fred Van Fleet. Um, but now you have Fred Van Fleet moving into that discussion. Is he a turn player? Is LaMelo Ball a turn player? So that, is Donovan Mitchell almost a turn player? So uh, that might be a little high because of his um, previous, um, mm. I guess, results. But now you have quite a few players hanging out in that 6 to 12 range, whereas in it used to just be like, just take whoever, you know, Embiid and Trey Young, like done, yeah. done deal. It's yeah. like, yeah, I probably would still take Embiid and Trey Young, but I don't think they're making it to the turn anymore. No, and and so I think what that'll mean next season, I mean, obviously we're we're speculating here because we're still a long way from draft season, but I think that'll mean that picking next year, picking on the turn, picking 11, 12 next year will actually be really a really nice spot to be drafting um, because I, I think the value from sort of, I, I think you'll still have Jokic at, at probably the number one. Mm-hmm. Curry will be up there as well. Um, Always. Kevin Durant probably, but I think sure. people are still turned away a little bit because of maybe injuries or, or missed games. But I think from sort of four, like pick four through to potentially pick 15, there'll be so many players in that bunch. If you can get two of those guys, if you can get pick 11 and 14, you could get easily get two top eight players by the end of the season. So yeah, it's going to make draft season uh, pretty interesting next year, I think. Yeah, I like that kind of like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range because then you're definitely getting one of your guys, maybe a cat, yeah. maybe a tray. Um, but then you might get the tail end of a Lamelo yep. ball or um, someone who slips like a Fred Van Fleet yep. or a Jimmy. Jim, you know who, who's going to slip? Jimmy Butler. He's injured most of the season. So everybody who drafted him at like 10, 11, 12, 13 this year already are pissed off. So all the people yep. who like Jimmy Butler this season to, t- to actually take him in that range are now pissed off at him. So ain't nobody taking him next year. So Jimmy yep. Butler is probably going to be available at like 12, 13, 14. And um, yep. uh, Jimmy Bowler ain't going nowhere. No, no nobody no. likes the old guys. No, they don't. No, stay Jimmy Bowler ain't that old. old. No, I don't know how old he is, but yeah, he's not. He's not that old. But he has. I mean, he's only played twenty three games this year out of what are yeah. we at forty ish? Forty ish. Yeah, I think we're almost like to 40, 38, 40 ish. So he's only played in just over half the games. Um, and, and Butler yeah. always misses about. 20 games a season yeah kind of his deal but you know the other 60 so he uh is a top 10 player mm. so. i think that's it adam thank you for uh joining me here uh where can i guess where can people i don't want to hold you too long where can people find you on the internet on the world uh, web yeah so twitter's the best best place um at adam king 91 I think I noticed this morning that I'm only about 80, 80 likes. What is it? Like follow 80 follows of 5,000. So that's, that was a number that I never thought I'd hey, get to. So congratulations. Um, Let's get yeah, there. That's, yeah. That's a fun thing. Um, 
other than that, I mean, we're, we're, we've got our all our premium stuff over at Sports Ethos, um, and we are about to do a mock draft um, with you and with some other analysts. So we're going to do a mid-season mock draft. Um, just as an exercise, it's not going to a league that, that will play out or anything, obviously, but the purpose of it, I thought, is just to have a look at where where the pros uh, would take people now, which will give you, will give listeners and readers um, and viewers a, a pretty good indication of where we see players rest of season. Um, and we'll just have a look at like someone like a Halliburton, where, where, where does he go in this draft? Are people confident that he's going to be a, a second round player um, or does he go in the third or fourth round? So I think it'll just be a good, uh, a good snapshot of, of where we, where we see players for the remaining 40 games of, of the season. So there'll be, we'll have some sort of a write-up or something on our, uh, on our website. And I think we'll do a breakdown of it on, uh, on the fantasy NBA today podcast with Dan Bespris as well. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll reach out to our friend Dan, see if I'll jump on the pod, talk about it. Um, yes. might even, I don't know if, uh, might, should we, well, it's hard to do a live draft, uh, but maybe I'll, I'll record something for it. Yeah, if you if you want to, I mean, we're we're not going to record it, but if if you want to record it, that's fine. I'm hoping we're just doing sixty second picks, so it's going to be. I don't want it to take too long. I know everyone's busy, so um, we'll we'll be getting through it hopefully within about an hour because I've then got uh, things I need to do in the afternoon that day, <laughs> so I, I need to be in and out pretty quickly. So. Yeah, look, um, feel free to to um, throw it up on Twitch or something if you like. That's cool. a okay yeah. with me. Thanks, Adam. I think we will do that. So stay tuned on Twitch. Uh, hit that, I guess, follow button so you know when we are uh, going to go live, and we'll do the we'll do a live uh, mid season mock draft with Adam and the uh, the crew over at Sports Sports Ethos. Uh, but if you're not following Adam King ninety one on Twitter, please do it right now. Um, Adam, thanks for joining me, man. This is fun. No worries. Yeah, that was good. We'll uh, yeah, we'll do another one in in a few weeks. Trade deadline's only four weeks away or something, so we'll we'll do one possibly closer to that. Yeah, I was thinking uh, maybe a trade deadline like all day show or something <laughs> like that, but that might be a little too grandiose, uh, especially when there's no trades and it's just me sitting here like this the whole time. Yeah, like, uh, I normally take uh, take try and take a day or two off work around trade deadline time just so that i'm available to, to do stuff uh, oh, yeah. and just because it's yeah it's, it's fun. always exciting it's fun trade deadline so um Absolutely. yeah I think, you, I think this year's gonna be a little wild i hope so anyway i hope so i always hope so i often leave disappointed but yeah. hopefully yeah hopefully we, we we get a few nice trades um and, and i mean we've got ben simmons sitting there still so yep. someone's uh, got to give right I think so. I, I don't know what it'll be. Um, Atlanta look like they're setting up for something with Cam Reddish moving out today. Mm-hmm. Um, whether And John Collins has been rumoured to be sort of on the trade block, but I think it sounds like pretty much the whole team is on the trade block outside of Trey Young and Clint Capella. Yeah. Um, which seems which is, a bit odd to me, given interesting. their success. I, yeah. I was like, they're kind of good. Like, yeah, what's why are yeah. they rebuilding if they're kind of good? Yeah, yeah. So... Anyway, yeah, look, hopefully it leads to, to some interesting trades and, and trades that actually impact fantasy value. That would be nice too. That would be good. We're going to be doing a lot of that here 
on watching the boxes as well as Adam on Twitter. Hit uh, find him on Twitter at Adam King ninety one. Thanks for joining me, Adam, and thanks for joining us on Twitch, everybody. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.